Welcome to the Marketing Tips for Doctors podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to attracting more patients ready to schedule their first appointments to grow your practice without spending hours and hours away from your practice or home. Hear how to boost your online presence, develop a strong rapport with each one to increase patient compliance while adding value and growing revenue. Now here's your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, America's leading medical strategist. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Today, we have with us a special person. He is known for cybersecurity, which is something that we all could use more about. Stephen Jordan has spent over 33 years providing computer-related products and services to small businesses, working as a technician, a system administrator, system engineer, and IT manager with 30 of those years running his own business. Stephen experienced the evolution of the industry as it changed from being the sales-driven computer industry to the more balanced sales and service IT industry, and then to the managed service industry and has seen many new industries created, including cybersecurity. Stephen sold his IT and managed service business in October of 2021, so he could just focus on matters of cybersecurity for small businesses, which brought him to start his latest business venture called Sound Cybersecurity. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Stephen, as an IT professional, what do you feel you have in common with doctors? Gosh, I'd say there are two things that I have in common, though there's probably more than that. But I started out in the industry as a technician, as many do, and that evolved over time into me becoming a system engineer, where I was then selling, installing, and supporting servers and other network products for small businesses. But then I woke up one day and found myself running my own business. And that was a bit of a shock. But I started out in college as a computer science major and then moved on to industry certifications. And though I finished my bachelor's degree years later, once there was such a thing as a information technology degree, none of that prepared me for running my own. So the first thing in common that I'd say we have with a doctor or I have with a doctor is intentionally or unintentionally finding themselves in the same position with their own medical practice. We're all great at what we do in our professions. We're learning to run a business as we go. And the second thing I'd say we have in common is that we just don't have enough time to learn and do everything. Instead of working on our business, we end up spending all of our time working in our business. As you've worked with doctors over the years, what do you see as their biggest challenge? Gosh, from my perspective, and unless they all just had me fooled and were hanging out and having a great time somewhere that I didn't know about, they never seem to have the time to deal with matters of IT or cybersecurity. So I'd imagine that flows into other business matters as well. How did they overcome that challenge? Well, I'd say surround themselves with people that they can trust and that are as smart in their professions as the doctor is in theirs. And then 
actually trust them. It took me a while to learn that and to give up some of that control. So in my realm, they need a really good IT professional. However, they need to realize that IT professionals don't know, do, and provide everything that the doctor needs, no matter how good they are. And no offense to all the IT professionals out there, as I've been one of them for 33 years, and I believe I cared more and tried harder than most in the industry. But no one knows it all or has the time to do it all. So they also need a good cybersecurity professional to help keep an eye on things and fill the gaps in their cyber defenses. Over the course of the last few years, we really heard a lot of horror stories about how people have installed malware unbeknownst to health professionals into their computer system with various viruses and then held the health professional hostage. You have to pay a certain amount of money or hospitals millions of dollars before they would deactivate the virus, which is a really a nightmare. Either that or all of the data and files on the computer are just washed out. How do you recommend that the doctor protect against that? I'd say almost all cyber attacks start with an email. So according to a report from the FBI in May of 22, business email compromise accounted for 35% of all cybercrime losses. So my recommendation is to first focus on email security and then move on from there. That's just a starting point. As with most of us, you, you need to know first where you're at before you can plot a path to where you need to go. So finding someone like myself to do an assessment and take a look at where you're at in regards to email security now, but a lot of people shouldn't, or especially doctors or anybody in the healthcare profession, shouldn't assume that all their bases are covered because this is just one facet of email security. So are you to computer systems what lifelock or identity theft is for personal data? I don't know. I'd quite go as far as LifeLock, but it's comparing myself to LifeLock in regards to cybersecurity in general. But as far as email security goes, definitely. I think I have a good set of services that that do allow me to keep a good eye on what's going on with their email security. How did you get the name Sound Cybersecurity? I understand cybersecurity, but why Sound? That's a good question. Approach that process of finding a name for my company from the perspective of what what can I do that is looking at it from the perspective of protection. That's really what we do. And you, if you've ever gone to my website and you see my logo, you'll see that there's a shield as part of that. I spent a lot of time searching for something. Of course, these days when you start a business, you also have to look at what domain names are available. So I spent a lot of time searching through a lot of possible names and I just ended up coming to that term of sound cybersecurity and how can we be sound in our approach and our and covering the, those cyber gaps that to, may exist. What's one thing you'd recommend for doctors to do to improve their cybersecurity posture? Yeah, I think I'd it'd go back to starting with that email. That since that is the main entry gate for most problems, 
whether that's a business email compromise, spear phishing type of attack, or just somebody sending you a link that's trying to give them access to something they shouldn't have access to. But since email is that gateway, I would say focusing on that email first and foremost is a great way. And if they're paying month for some service that may be called email security or email protection, they still need to look close and not just assume that that's everything seek email security related. Again, whether they have their own cybersecurity professional or somebody like me who can do an email health check for them and make sure that all of those different things are turned on because there isn't just one piece to that. Could you tell us a little bit about what your check is for email to make sure that the office is safe? Yeah, so I I use several different outside checkers. It's nice with this. Can't just look at any company out there and say, oh, they have great antivirus software or they have great group policy or I can't see their internal systems from out here. But I can see a lot about their email security from outside. So I have several different utilities online that'll check different facets of their email settings and their DNS settings, MX records. And and there's lots of acronyms I may be throwing out. So don't worry if you don't know what they are. I know what they are. But there's with SPF and DKIM and DMARC and DNSSEC and MTASTS and TLSRPT and all these different acronyms of things. Are they enabled and are they up and running so that we can count on that entity having as much protection on that domain name as they can? So is sound cybersecurity mainly dealing with email security? I'd say mainly right now is my main focus. There's other services that I do provide. I guess you could say I'm really on a mission right now to educate business owners and doctors included about DMARC. That is one of the, I think, easiest ways to put an end to business email compromise. I mean, it's nothing in the industry is perfect. Nobody can tell you that you're always 100% protected, but that uh, that's my mission right now is that email security. I know that it is foolhardy to download any attachment, especially if you don't really know where they're coming from. But if a hacker said that they were a lab, and they would like you to download test results that would seem quite natural. How do you avoid or distinguish between the real test results versus like a hacker dreaming up yet a new trick for you? Yeah, and that that, that to social engineering is the biggest challenge because in the end, it's that person sitting there staring at that message that is the final line in the defenses that we've put up. So them you know, getting that is it, it is a struggle, whether it's coming from a lab or UPS shipping or whatever the source is that looks so trusted and so real. But I think in the end, I have the old adage call before you dig that your gas company always tries to get you to do. I call before you click is really the big thing that I've always told my clients over the years. You you just, if you're not absolutely certain, then give that lab a call and find out if that's really from them and they should be able to help you 
find that out. Now, down the road, as this continues to become a bigger and bigger problem, I hope to see more use of file transfer services that you can log into securely online and obtain those things instead of doing them by email. Even when I get an email from a valid vendor that says I have an invoice, I don't click on that email, I go to that vendor's website and log in and look at my invoices on that website. So that way, yeah, it's a nice little notification in my inbox that I've got an invoice, but yeah, links in invoices should always be something that we approach with caution. How did you get involved in this? Oh, wow. It's an, been an evolution of things over time. Like I, like you mentioned in my intro of the industry evolving. I guess I knew from a young age that that I wanted to get involved with computers. I, I, embarrassing to say, but it was my senior year in high school when there was actually a computer in the one computer in the entire school. And I happened to get into a basic programming class and I decided from that that computer science would be my degree when I started to college. And it didn't take me long though in into all of that to decide that programming really wasn't what I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing. And that's when I started picking up books and started reading all those manuals that put you to sleep and uh, figuring out how it works. And that just evolved from one thing to another. Are there a lot of other companies or competitors of yours in this field? Because it doesn't really seem there is. Yeah, because I'm a little bit of a anomaly, I think, in the industry. They, they've evolved to a point where we have managed service providers and managed security service providers and they, they continue to try doing everything. And that was one of the big struggles as I was creating and molding this to business was just how can I break free from having all of that to have to worry about and take care of and just focus on these specific things. And so I don't, I think there's a lot of different companies that still do the things that I do, but they also do so much more. And in the process of doing that so much more, a lot of those specific individual targeted things get overlooked. That's very sensible. And what I would like to say, normally I ask for the interviewee to give one good to their listeners about their services. But, and of course, if you have one good tip, we'd all like to hear it. But from my perspective, the one good tip is run, don't walk. (laughs) (laughs) to hire this guy here because just cybersecurity for doctor's records are so crucial. Now, in terms of electronic health records, are you involved in that as well? No, not directly. Obviously, anytime I'm helping somebody with cybersecurity, that comes into perspective. But I don't, the things that I do doesn't ever give me access to those things. Now, if I were your IT company, your managed service provider, I'm probably going to be providing services that are going to expose those things or give me access to those things. But the cybersecurity services that I provide keep me away from those things and outside of that purview and protect the things that 
could then give somebody access to those records. So this is like really important for people to distinguish because they may be under the false hope or premise that the company that they are affiliated with in terms of their electronic health record promises them security. But the fact is their computer is used for much more than just their electronic health records. And that's where you come in. Yeah, exactly. I think probably one of the biggest objections is I reach out to companies and show them. I'll send them some email messages and call them about it and show them a screenshot that show exactly where the vulnerability is. And one of the things I often hear is, well, I already have an IT. And but and that there's the flip side of that goes back to me is I remember all the years of sitting in meetings with clients and something would come up and they'd go, oh, yeah, Stephen's taking care of that for us. And I'm sitting there going, no, I don't take care of that for you. They have this false perception that that IT guy is doing everything for them. And unfortunately, as hard as we try, we're not. So somebody needs to point out those other areas and have the time to, to tackle those areas. Because those IT guys, I know they're insanely busy with the day-to-day -day technology issues of taking care of their clients, and they just don't have the time to do everything. Right. If you're just flying solo with no insurance, this is the time to really consider speaking with this guy, sound cyber security to keep your record safe and to keep your computer system in your office from having a major meltdown would not be a pretty sight. Agreed. Do you have any horror stories for us and how you were able to convert them? Oh, gosh. I, a simple one that comes to mind is just a, an attorney that I had worked with for many years. And he was probably amongst my most skeptical of clients for a long time. I had been hounding him and hounding him. He had been a holdout on using some old email system. And I, he just wasn't getting it. And finally, one day, one of his staff received an email message with a Microsoft Word document and opened it up. And that Word document ended up grabbing every single email address that, that they could get their hands on out of the email account. And unfortunately, that was his receptionist and she had access to his email account. They, they had a huge compromise of all the email addresses and email messages that had been received. And he had a huge cleanup to do and notifying all of those people about, hey, this has happened. They have my email address. You might be a little skeptical about anything you receive from me right now. And it took him some serious effort. I mean, but then, of course, he was wide awake to the reality of the need of what I had been hounding him about for literally probably two years that I had been trying to get him off of that and to get better protection in place. So in the end, it turns out good because they are awake and now ready to proceed. I always tell everybody, I can get you from point A to point B, but you've got to arrive at point A. You, you've got to arrive there realizing, yes, I do need to address matters of cybersecurity. I've got to pay attention to this. But I'm never going to get you to point B if the whole route you're you're questioning and doubting and being suspicious of my motives every single step of the way. It's tough. And unfortunately, he's an attorney. So he, I guess that's the way he has to be right in his profession. But some but back As to a, that original. 
as an attorney, he must also realize that it's far beyond oops, I'm sorry. Like it's like libelous to the tune of millions of dollars. Yes. Yeah. And the reputation of that. I... Are you insured or bonded for any uh, oops? Yes. Yes, I am. And that's funny you say oops, because I, I was thinking of that just a second ago is that was one of the reasons I think I became a an IT person instead of a doctor is I can say oops and nobody's going to die. But at the same time, but yes, I do keep that insurance up and it everybody, not just in my industry, but any business needs that cyber insurance and the requirements to meet that you have to meet now to get cyber insurance or at least get it at, at decent rates are quite stringent. That'll, that alone is quite the process. Are there licensing and certifications that you have to go through periodically to like to show that like you are the man? Uh, yeah, yeah. There are industry certifications. CompTE is a security plus the, the one that I have and that they've got some newer versions of that I'm working on. And yeah, in this industry, it's constantly which 1500 page book am I going to read next? And so, yeah, it's, it is a constant and ongoing process. So can I assume then that you don't have any Netflix programs that you are hot and heavy about? <laughs> no, I no, not much on Netflix. I probably spend more of my time on YouTube learning about things or just catching up the latest of this or that. Um, but yeah, you, I have to put the book down sometime and get some break from all of this. And I can't read them before going to bed or that, that doesn't do much good other than put me to sleep pretty quickly. But they make good bedtime stories for the kids, don't they? <laughs> yeah. For our listeners out there that are now sweating under their collar saying, oh my God, I don't know how I have missed doing this before and I have to reach this guy. How can they get hold of you? Yeah, so several different ways. Of course, they can go to my website, soundcybersecurity.com, and there's a contact page there. They can call me directly. The phone number is 866-772-8181. And of course, they can send me an email. It's Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N at soundcybersecurity.com. It's been a real eye-opener having you on the show today. And I'm sure our listeners are sitting at the edge of their seat, only leaving their seat to get the <laughs> Tums for their indigestion now, thinking, uh, oh, but this is another thing that I can't afford to delay delay on. Thank you so much for being with us today. This has been another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. We have been talking about cybersecurity and it's really been an eye-opener. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Doctors. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Press the subscribe button so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about the show. Join us on marketingtipsfordoctors.com for replays and more resources to help grow your practice, strengthen your brand, and dominate your field. Remember, you are one tweet from greatness. Greatness.